praises. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. So good to be in God's house. Come and worship a God that has paid the price for our sins. I'm forgiven today. I'm cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's so wonderful to come in a service where you can sing and praise the Lord and find a song that tells about salvation like that. Welcome this morning. Thank you for coming to be with us. This is our Sunday morning before camp meeting starts, and most everybody here, if you're, not, if you're new, you may not remember camp meeting, but we have what we call our state meeting, and we go to Columbus for services all week long, and so we're looking forward to that. It will start tonight. We'll be going to Columbus tonight for service, and there will not be any service here because they want us all to come and be there. It's going to be a time of refreshing, how God sends refreshing from his presence to his people in troubled times like this. Thank God that you've chosen to come to his house. So please remember that Bible school will be going on this week, but uh, we will not be here for service Wednesday night either. And Oasis, I think, is canceled too. Right, Richard? Okay. So please remember that. And um, let's. what we want to do this morning is look at somebody standing beside of you. Just look at them and smile. Don't say a word, Amelia. Smile. <laughs> And then we want you to shake hands and greet one another. And let's get out and welcome everybody to Stratford Heights today. Praise the Lord. Everything to me. He's everything to me. 
forgiven, that's what God is. My keeper, my keeper protector, protector, my daily, my daily mercy, my love, my love forgiven, forgiven, that's what God is. He's my keeper, keeper protector, protector, my daily, my daily mercy, my love, my love forgiven, that's what God is.
sing it one more time. observing communion this morning. This is a wonderful time, a sacred time, when we fulfill the command that Jesus left us to remember what he had done. He wanted us to remember his suffering and his love. And so he took uh, his, the time with his disciples the night before he was crucified, and he gathered with them. And we hold these elements today in our hands to remember and to remind us of what he did for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love to us. Lord Jesus, we honor you today because you have come and given your life for us. And thank you that you ask us in this such a humble way to remember what you have done for us. And we do this when we receive this bread today that symbolizes your body that was broken and bruised and suffered for our sins. We thank you for this fruit of the vine that we drink in remembrance of your blood that was shed, Lord. We honor you because no one ever loved us like you do. No one love, ever loved us like you did and the sacrifice that you made. And so today we take this time to observe this, Lord, and do it in remembrance of you, to say thank you and praise you because you indeed have been our Savior and will be. We look forward to your coming, Lord, when we'll re be reunited with you and we'll eat this supper again with you in your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your precious name, bless everyone that participates today, Lord, in Jesus' name. The Apostle Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's eat the bread. after the same manner he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me for as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the lord's death till he come let us drink the wine Thank you, Jesus. 
praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God, today. Let's continue to worship the Lord. Lord, we praise you this morning. We thank you for your son, Lord. We have come into this house to glorify you and to recognize the power that moves in our lives, Father, through the sacrifice.
Christ and you can see miracles in today not just from scripture in the Old Testament and New Testament but you can see them today we don't believe there's power in a man we don't believe any of us have any power we believe that it is faith in the name of Jesus Christ that's what breaks every chain 
I want you to reach over while these are praying and take hold of somebody if you feel comfortable to right there by your seat. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what kind of week they've had or what kind of trial they're going through or what kind of prayer need they bring to the house of God this morning. I don't think you came looking for a show. I believe you came to encounter God. We're going to touch him right now. Would you lift those hands now all over this sanctuary and let's have faith and believe God for miracles from one side of this sanctuary to the other. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe you. We believe for every chain to fall, for every heart to be restored and healed. And Lord, for your work of provision to meet your people at their point of faith. We thank you that we can stand on your word. We thank you, God, that we can trust in our Father God, who is a rock that we can stand on and a covert from the storm. We thank you, Lord, for the truth of your precious word. Now meet every need that's here today. Begin to move mountains out of the way and begin to touch our lives and give us wisdom and grace to move in the perfect plan and will of God. We will never fail, Lord, to give you the honor, to give you all the praise, and to give you all the glory, for it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Now would you put those hands together in a clap and let's give the Lord great praise this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I feel like the Lord just did a, a three-pointer from midcourt. God is here in a wonderful and special way. As I said, you didn't come here to hear a song. You sure didn't come here to see a cute preacher say cute things. I'm not saying I'm cute, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you came here this morning to embrace, to encounter, to meet with God, to seek His face, and to hear from Him. I'm here to hear from Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And at the end of the day, I cry that cry that we've heard, we read in the Word, where it says, there'll not be a rock cry out for me. I will praise Him. I will shout it from the mountaintop. I'll dance before Him with all my might. I'll do whatever I got to do to let Him know He has all of me. Amen? Do you feel that way this morning? One more time, put your hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. So good to be in his house, to be where people love God, where they want to know God, and they want to love people. I want you, if you would, to take just a few moments to be seated, and I would like, they're probably not prepared, but I would like for Pastor Rex and Angela Lloyd, if they would, to step up and move into this altar area, and I believe, I think you had a couple of children who are in the, in the children's church, but if you have any of them, Invite them to come on up. There he is. All right. I would like some of our pastors, the staff, if you would, to come around this couple. We love Rex and Angela Lloyd. And it's bittersweet when the Lord calls you out. They've been with us for quite a while now. They're faithful. They're, you know what I love about a pastor? He's, he's a pastor that makes a good member. That means he'll be a great pastor. 
they have been so faithful to be here with us and they've ministered and they've they've uh, been faithful to attend and, and be in services and they even show up on Wednesday night somebody say amen. amen these are great people and they become good good friends to me and we have been praying and seeking God and working together and, and we've been trying to find out what is God doing in their lives and they felt several couple of years ago now they felt that to leave a very flourishing anointed pastorate a church that was thriving they invited me to come preach there and I was overwhelmed by the hospitality and, and the spirit of the Lord that was there they they had everything going for them no reason to leave but the Lord laid it on their hearts and they began to seek God about the channel of ministry how many of you know there's not just one church there is one church, but there's not just one earthly church. But God began to move on their hearts to, to investigate and search out what they were feeling deep in their heart about working in the church of God. They made some contacts with some folks, and the next thing you know, we're together, and we're talking and sharing and praying. And They chose Stratford Heights to be that place where they would drop their family and then they would begin the search on what God had for them. And we announced a couple of weeks ago that God had opened the doors for them to move into a work. It really is like a plant. Um, won't go into details, but if a church that used to be pretty thriving uh, has gone through a season of difficulty. God has called Angela and Rex Lloyd to pastor the folks at the Blue Ash Church. They are, amen. That's all right. Come on. Let's, let's praise God for that. <laughs> we met down there one afternoon, and, and I, I saw all kinds of potential, and I saw all kinds of, you know, one of the other guys on our council uh, looked at me and said, you always see the glass half full. You know, you need to look at the problems there could be here. All I saw was the potential, and I knew it was an awesome opportunity, and Rex and Angela prayed about it, and God let them in on that very fact that there's something special there for them. They will be pastoring the church at Blue Ash. They, they've, come, they've, they've come to a decision that the church, uh, the Lord has led them to call it Life Community Church. And that's the name of the church. It's going to be Church of God with us, and they're going to be taking on that pastoral role. And since they have been with us, I wanted you and I to take a few minutes out of our service today to kind of commission them and send them forth and uh, to pray for them. I want you to know where they're at. I want you to go down there and visit. You're not allowed to stay very long, but you can go and visit. <laughs> no, we, we want to help them in any way that we can. And that means we will be going down and helping and, and doing what we can. And we want to serve with them. We're kind of adopting them as a sister church, if that's all right with them. And we want to, to be a part of, of seeing the success that God has for them. I'd, I'd ask you in the congregation, if you would, to stand with me right now. As these around our staff, around them, will we'll move forward into the altar. I want us to anoint them and pray for them. I want your prayer to be that God will bless them, that he will <coughs> anoint them for creativity and ministry, and that God will open up the doors and opportunities for ministry, keep the enemy far from them and their people and that they are blessed in the pastoral role they'll take on at the Blue Ash Church. Amen. Would you do that? Would you stretch your hands towards this altar right now? Lord, make me a house 
Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. A house of This morning, we want to transition our worship into the giving side of, of worship today. Obviously, all of it's a, a giving, but um, I was thinking this morning as we prepare for that and the ushers come, you know, we can get used to the blessing. We can get to the place where something we prayed about, fasted about, and sought the Lord for years sometimes when God gives us that breakthrough and that miracle and it manifests in our life and we see it, sometimes we get used to that. It's kind of like the story in the Bible you can read about the, the ten lepers that only one came back after they'd received what they asked for and praise the Lord. Today as we give, we give because God gave first. And it's an honor for us to give. It's, it's, a, it's a, um, a blessing for us to give back what he's given to us. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for your people. God, thank you for your house. Thank you for gathering together today in your name. And Lord, there you are. <laughs> That's all we desire, God. That's our hope, God. And, Lord, we ask, Lord, as we give today, God, that, Father, it might go forth to reach souls. It might go forth to change lives. It might go forth, God, to, 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 to impact this community, God, Middletown, and its surrounding area for God. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Say 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For I will be a stream of refreshing for you. I shall be a bloom in the midst of the desert of your life. I am the answer for you, says God. Trust and know that I have all that you need. Outside of me, there are no other answers or fixes. They are temporary. Look to me and lean hard upon me. Do not fail to have faith and believe that I am a God of my word. I will come through. I will not fail you, says the Lord. Stand and see the glory of my power at work in your life. Trust and know I am God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. What you're sensing and you're feeling now in this sanctuary this morning is the presence of God. Moses looked at God. He had his orders. He had his assignment. He knew he was going to deliver God's people. He knew what he had to do in taking them to the promised land, and he looked up at God, and he said, but if you don't go with me, if I can't feel your presence, if I don't know you're here, he said, then don't send me up from this place. What you're sensing and feeling now in this sanctuary is the presence of God. He's here. He's made promises in his word. He has spoken to us through what we know is the gift of in, tongues and interpretation in this service. And he has let you know he's a refreshment for you. He's strength for you. That he will not fail you. That he's a God who's going to come through and he's going to follow through on his word. I'd ask you all over this sanctuary, if you would, in respect and reverence and honor to God. And to the moving of his spirit in this place, would you stand with me now? Would you lift your hands? 
to God Almighty and give Him due praise, due worship with your lips, with your mouth, with your hands upraised. If you want to clap your hands, you clap your hands. If you want to shout unto God with a voice of triumph, you help yourself. Let's give Him honor and glory in this house this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you honor. We respect you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the people of God said, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Why don't you help me? Let's clap our hands and give him great praise together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to God. Amen. I want you to turn in your scripture to Psalm 63. I'm going to read from Psalm 63 and then from Psalm 42. Listen to the Psalm of David, especially in light of the presence of the Lord that is here so powerfully this morning. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary, and oh, have you found him to be here? David said, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. David again wrote in Psalm 42, verse 1, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? When, when can I get in your presence? Father, we ask your blessings on your word. We ask you to challenge us this morning to get out of our routines, to get out of our busyness, to stop allowing distractions, the things of this world to come in and cloud and water down your work in these last days. Touch us a brand new and fresh in this place this morning and if there be one who does not know you who have not made you their Lord and Savior and Jesus I pray especially for them that this will be a day of reckoning and decision for them in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody said amen
Amen. You may be seated. Not a second or another minute, not an hour of another day, but at this moment with my arms outstretched, I need you to make a way as you have done so many times before through window or an open door I stretch my hands to thee come rescue me I need you right away I need you now I need you now I need you Not another hour or another day. Oh, Lord, I need you. I need you right away. If I never needed you before to show up and restore all the faith that I've let slip while I was searching this world for more the truest friend I have indeed oh you're my best friend I know I need I stretch my hands to you come rescue me I need you right away the agony of being alone the fear of doing things on my own, the test and trials that come to make me strong, the feelings of guilt, hurt, shame, and defeat, the waves of trials that beat on me, yet I know my I have victory. Oh, I need you now. I need you now, Lord. I need you now. I need you now. Not another second or a minute, not an hour of another day. Oh, Lord, I need you now. I need you right away. Come rescue me right now, my Lord. I need you now, Lord. I need you now, right now. 
right now I need you now my Lord I said to myself this morning I said you're not gonna sing you're not going to do that. You, the choir does such a great job. You don't need to do that. And as I was walking out the door, I heard this song on the radio. I'd already been practicing it all week. And I heard it on the radio, and I heard the Lord say, it's not about having songs. It's about a message that the people need to hear this morning. And my message is simply this. It's been the cry of my heart. It's, God, we need you. We need you. Can't live without you. David cried. He said, as the deer pants for the water brook, so does my soul cry out for you, O oh God. Call us crazy. Call us insane. But we've discovered something. We've discovered that we can't live without him. I don't want my, another breath without him. My heart beat in my body is for him. David knew this. That's why God said, this is a man after my own heart. Perfect? No. Did David sin? Yes, terribly. But God pinned on him a beautiful compliment. He said, this David, a man after my own heart. Why? Because even in his trials and his troubles, the shame and defeat, even in times when he couldn't hold his head up, he knew where to cry. He knew where to go. His heart was towards God. God loved us like that. God loves you like that. You wonder if God loves you. He loves you so much, he took the very best that he had from heaven, bankrupt the throne next to him, and literally sent his son to die on the cross for you and I. This is God saying to the whole world, I love you. I love you. God loves you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. God loves you. You felt defeated. You felt beaten up. You feel like you've ever had anything go your way. You don't know what, whether to turn left or right with your life or what the next step is. I'm here to tell you this morning, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son to give his life as a ransom for your sin and for mine. He loves you. David knew this. He cried out like a man in a desert said, I hunger, I thirst. He, he was trying to think when he was pinning and writing. Of course, the Holy Spirit was anointing him, and the Holy Spirit was letting him know. Here, think of a deer. They, oh, yeah, I worked on the backside of the hill. I was a shepherd. I, I helped to take care of those sheep year after year, and I watched as the deer would run, and the folks would, would go after them, and hunters would look for them. He said, I know they always had to be somewhere near water. He knew because he watched them and studied them. And I find, and hunters shared this with me this last week. I talked to one, and he said, oh, man, you know, a, a deer will, will be so thirsty. That, that, and when you're chasing him and he knows that a hunter is after him, he gets so blinded by his thirst that he just runs for water. You want to catch a deer? Chase him to, towards the water. He wants to know where it's at. Deer are so thirsty that they'll even forsake their own safety in order to get the satisfying quench of water. 
And the Holy Spirit anointed David when he said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so does my soul cry out for you. Oh, my God, when shall I come before you? He didn't look at prayer as an obligation. He didn't look at it as a routine ritual. He didn't look at prayer as something you just got to do and you got to be quiet about it and careful about it because people will think you're crazy. David would sing. David would cry. The Bible says, David wrote and said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. God loves us. And in return... He's looking for the heart that searches and hungers after him. Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Awesome. Because I don't have very much, you know. I don't have a whole bunch of gifts and abilities and talents. I may not have very much to offer, but what I do got, Lord, uh, what I got is I got a hunger. I got this down in me. I got need. I need you. I need you now. I, I, I first thought of that song that I sung earlier because my little niece, and is, is, is she here today? She's over here. Where are you at, Sydney? Stand up, Sid. Sandy's all, Sydney's all the way up here from Atlanta, Georgia visiting with us, and she wanted to come to Stratford Heights this morning. We love you, girl. But dad, when mom was in the hospital and there was no response, and they were telling us we got to unplug the ventilator, and all of us were heartbroken, and we were in this desperate state. That precious little girl, she's a little girl now, but she was a little baby girl then. She climbed up on a stool in the middle of the house, and she said something I'll never forget in all my life. That little girl didn't know much. She hadn't been trained a whole lot, but you know what she said? And I got it on videotape. She, looked, she put her hands together, and she waited until all of us bowed our heads. We all bowed our heads right there in the living room, getting ready to go into the hospital. And we were sitting there, and she got up on the thing, and she cleared her throat, and she looked up, and she said, Lord, we need you now. For mama to walk, we need you now. And then she got real spiritual. She said, for this generation, Lord. <laughs> and I won't go into the rest, but I will. She, she actually said, lubba dubba dubba dubba. <laughs> I love you, Sid. And after it was all over, all of us, we were praying and we all went like this. <laughs> and after it was over, I pulled her off to the side and I said, I said, baby, what was that in your prayer when you were like, when you said, lubba dubba? And she said, I was just praying like you guys do, Uncle Ray. <laughs> I need you now. <laughs> I need you now. When you don't know what to pray, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what your next step is to the right or to the left, you don't know what to, what to say, look up and just say, I need you now, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise this morning.
because he's an on-time God. He is an on-time God. He's there for us. And he's looking, if you want to know what changes the atmosphere, what gives you the ability and the strength to go through the difficult and hard times in your life, it's not going to be doctors and psychiatrists and more books and television shows. It's not going to be found in those things. Your answer's still in this black back holy Bible. I need you now, Lord. I need you. I need you right here. I need you at the school. I need you on the job. I need you in my family, Lord. I don't know how to put my family back together. I don't know what to say or do. Right here is your answer. Right here. Hold it. Embrace it. Hold on to it. Memorize it. Meditate on it in the night watches and watch what God does. The atmosphere will change when you learn how to give it to God. Pray and pray. But we're a very religious family. Great. Awesome. Yes, we have a firm foundation in our doctrinal beliefs and theology. Wonderful. That's exciting. Do you need him? Do you want him? Everybody's gave you a thousand different answers in your life. Let me be somebody who makes it real simple and clear. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but we are strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. That's the most perfect and most beautiful answer you'll ever need in all of your life. He'll change your bad attitude. He'll change your sorry outlook. He'll change your circumstances. He'll turn it around. It can even mean the difference between life and death. If I get to my notes, I would take you to the book of, where it talks about in 2 Kings, where it talks about Hezekiah. And I would let you know, God, through the prophet Isaiah, came to Hezekiah the king and said, you've only got a little bit of time left. Set your house in order. You're going to die and you're not going to live. And he knew that he had this passion, this burning desire to get more accomplished. And he said, he, as the Bible says, he turned to the wall and he wept before the Lord. And it even says he wept bitterly. It wasn't just a little prayer. It wasn't just something. He meant business. He was crying out to the Lord. And when he did, he said, Lord, remember me. Remember your servant. Remember how I've been faithful to serve you. Lord, I have got work to do. I need you, God, to make a, a difference. I need you to look upon me with favor. And God turned it around and changed the situation. Your praying life, mom, dad, your praying life can be the difference between life and death. You praying can be the difference between life and death. The Bible says in that very chapter, and God heard him and gave him 15 more years. I need you now. I need you now. I need you, Lord. If we would teach our people to pray. Last Sunday night, we preached about intercessory prayer. 
and bringing us together and us standing in the gap between those who are out of the ark of safety, those who are lost, those in troubles and trials that need God. They need to be living a life pleasing to the Lord. That we as intercessors, we've got to get out of our maintenance program. Some of us only pray enough to keep ourselves afloat. And if we'd learn to get into the presence of God and pray the fire down and literally get a hold of God, we would start to see that God wants to use us to pray for others. He wants us to intercede for other folks. This young lady came down to the altar this morning. You saw a couple of intercessors make their way over to her. Why? Because they're full and running over and they got something to give somebody else. So our hearts cry is that we get out of this maintenance program to the place where we can be used to intercede and to minister on behalf of others. But I'm afraid the indictment against the church, the indictment against the body of Christ, is that we don't pray anymore. I don't want to be condemning this morning. I just want to be clear when I was praying about this, I run this by some of the pastors earlier, and I said, I don't know if, if I should say this because I want a challenge and I want the Holy Spirit to convict people. I don't want to tell them what the Lord told me about it because it isn't like he said, tell them this. He was telling me this. But I ran it by them and they said, if it's me, I'd tell them. So I'll tell you, when I was praying and studying and I got prepared last Sunday night for the intercessory prayer message, I left that day and I was beginning to pray and I was like, okay, Lord, you know, we're going to go a different direction next week. And, and the Lord says, no, you're not. You're going to let them know they got to pray. And you're going to keep telling them they got to pray until they pray. And the Lord spoke something to me. He said, listen, pastor, I need to tell you something. He said, your people are not praying. And I said, no, 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 not, not Stratford Heights. He said, your people are not praying. I get the little devotion. I get the little two-minute warning prayer. I get the 911 calls. They come in. By the dozen. Help me, Jesus. But overall, your people, they're not praying. And I repented. I repented. And I said, God, Brian, make me a pastor that will challenge our people to pray. To pray. For the Christian, prayer is the breath of your experience. It's the breath in your body physically. It is the link between you and God. Prayer keeps you out of trouble. Somebody says, well, you know, I, I don't pray like I should. And everybody laughs. Oh, me neither. <laughs> the Bible calls that a sin. Huh? You've heard about sins of omission, sins of commission, which easily explained as sins of omission are the things we should do that we don't. Sins of commission are sins that we do that we shouldn't. Which one is better or worse than the other? As I wrestled with that and I prayed about that and wrote my own thoughts and notes in my journal, I thought, really? If you think about it, it's the sins that, of omission that lead to the sins of commission. The things I 
should do that I don't are usually the seeds of sin, the things that I do that I shouldn't. So what's worse? I say they're equal. Men ought always to pray. Ephesians, in talking about the armor of God, Brother X, the armor of God, he says, pray without ceasing. Let all things be done with prayer and supplication for all saints. And above all these, literally talks about all of the other armor, and it says, and above all this, pray. Pray. Fathers, pray. Pray over your children. Pray over your wife. Pray over your home. Pray over your work. Pray over your city. We talked last Sunday night. You know, they, they laugh and they talk about the fact that Middletown, they call it the, the, the number one. I, I checked my stat on that. Middletown is considered the number one dying city in, in the state of Ohio. And you know what I've been praying for the last several weeks? I've been saying, Lord, like Elisha, do you remember the story in the scripture where the, the Elisha had just died and it had been about a year or so and his grave was there. They were digging new graves and they took this man and threw him. The enemy was coming and so they, they threw him in the grave there next to Elisha. And you remember what happened? It said that when he, he fell in the grave and he touched the bones of Elisha, it says he stood up and was strengthened and was revived. You know what, that, that wasn't saying that Elisha was something special. That goes back to a little afternoon when Elijah was getting ready to go, Marty. And he, said, he looked at his prophet, he looked at his mentor, and he said, I've seen you do some amazing, wonderful things under the power of Almighty God. He said, I pray for a double portion of what you've got. And I want you to know through Scripture you can go and look at it. Elisha doubled everything that Elijah ever did. Every time Elijah did one, there were two more right behind with Elisha and it was that way because God's word and God's power is always on those who have a connection with him his power never dies the power of God never dies we sang it this morning the blood will never lose its power the power of God is rich full if you and I will stop praying defensively it's all we ever do we come down on Sunday I just found out it just happened Lord we're just not going through it well it just happened pastor pray I heard yesterday oh my goodness defensive let's let's get on the defense right now Lord we already got the bad report we're asking you to change the report we're asking you to change the outcome we're asking you to change the circumstances. God, we got in a mess. We need you to get us out. Come and rescue us right away, Lord. We need you right now. We, we pray defensively. And don't ever stop. Because sometimes that's the only way people pray at all. So, Lord, thank you that you're an on-time God and you're there for us when we're in trouble. But the Bible talks expressly many times throughout Scripture. Pray that you enter not into temptations or pray that you're that it'd be well with you pray 
so that you're not bled, or you're not cursed, but you're blessed. Pray going in the city and out of the city. Pray when you're in the field. God will bless you. You, you can pray offensively. You can start praying over your family, praying a prayer that says, Lord, we're drawing a line, and the enemy can't touch it. He can't touch my children. He can't hit us with cancer today. He can't, my, my husband won't be fired this afternoon. We're going to pray right now for the power of God to go before us. Praying, praying, praying. It's the key to it all. A preacher, and it's a story, I don't know if it's true or not. Brad, I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes a real good story. You're going to like it. This man supposedly comes into the pastor's office searching for God. And the pastor's sitting there for about an hour. He's just talking and he's just sharing trying to give him every kind of insight he can on how to search for God, how to find God, how to get in a relationship with God. And the whole time, he's just not getting it. Finally, the frustrated preacher says, well, come with me. They get out, they walk down to the end of the field there, and there's a creek, a good-sized creek where they do baptizing. And he got that man down in that water, and he thought he was going to have him a spiritual experience. And he got there, he said, I'm going to get ready. Okay, and he went down with him, kept him under the water. The guy started squirming, started going crazy, trying to breathe, couldn't breathe. Kept him down there. He's fighting with everything he's got in him. Finally, the preacher pulls him up. Says, now son, what did you want more than anything else while you were down under that water? He said, air! He said, when you want God like you wanted that air. And that, but that's when you're going to find him. Jeremiah said, we'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. When you cannot be satisfied with a little dabble, do you? When it isn't good enough to just get a little twinkle on Sunday morning, a little goosebump on your arm. When you're determined that I'm going to know him, if, it, if need be, in the fellowship of his sufferings. I'm going to know him in the power of his resurrection. Whatever the cost, I am going to know my Father God. I'm going to know the Savior who died for me on the cross. I don't want him as a statue and a status somewhere where I can like sit and worship from afar. I want to know him for myself. If you've got that kind of hunger, you're right in line with me this morning. I want to get to that place where I am so thirsty and so hungry for God. I want him to know like David. You know, I want to be like him. I want to be so on fire and so hungry for the Lord. That when, he, when God sees me coming, he says, oh my goodness, there he is again. The Bible says Enoch walked with God, Paul. Walked with God. Have you ever thought about that? Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. I mean, some people read that and they're like, bless the Lord. Well, Enoch got raptured. There's that country man again. I'm really trying to break it, I promise. If I just knew another lingo. Yo, what's up? Hey. <laughs> wow. Isaiah, what you think of that, huh? <laughs> Elijah, Enoch. 
Elijah sounds more preacherish. Elijah. You know. Enoch. <laughs> I'd rather preach Elijah. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And he was not because God took him. How many times have I prayed on my knees and I said, God, what did Enoch have that I don't? What did he have? What was it about his walk with you? Now I can say it, Elijah. In a chariot of fire. In a chariot of fire, God reached down in a whirlwind and took him home. God, what, what does it take? What does it take? How many hours? How many fasting days? How much of your word do I read? How do I get there? And you know what? When you look up the, the Greek word for walked in that scripture where it says Enoch walked with God, it's a word that says halak. And when you look for it, it says it's pursuing. Where we get our English word for stalker. So Enoch stalked God, stalked him, pursued him, chased him. Like Jacob when he wrestled with him all night long and finally when he was so tired he couldn't do anything else, he just hung on. He says, I won't let you go till you bless me. Elaine, I remember in a hospital room late, late at night, when you were Jacob, I won't let go to my boys, okay? I won't let go until my husband is healed and up and walking. I won't let go until cancer is gone from my body. I won't let go. I went to their house last week for a graduation party for Gage and I. I looked around and I thought about it. I was laughing with Bob and they were showing me pictures and Elaine was serving everybody and running around making sure everything's all right and Gage was out there cutting wood like a real country boy. I looked at all of them and the thought came to me, every one of them should be dead. There should be no party at this house. There should be no occupant. If you don't know the story, Elaine was given a death sentence of cancer. Bob was in a horrific truck accident. Came within inches of not being here this morning, but the grace of God. And Gage was literally split in two and told he wouldn't live through the night. All three of them cried out, we need you, God. We need you. But like Hezekiah, Hezekiah turned to the wall and wept bitterly. I don't believe that was the only time that Hezekiah had ever prayed. He already had a connection with God so that when it came time for the trouble, it wasn't, that wasn't a 911 call. What I saw with them in the hospital, it wasn't 911. 
when I remember when Bob was laying on the board covered with blood, I walked into the room and Elaine walks me out. Her husband's laying there. They're getting him ready for some kind of a back surgery. Not sure what's going to happen. And she comes out, looks at me, smiles, and she says, my faith says he's going to be all right. And I'm like, wow. That's better than 911. You see, that's not a 911 call. That's a I'm standing on the promises of God. I walk in it every day. I pray over my family. And I know, oh, I know the power of the Lord is going to keep me in the hard time. He's going to keep me in the good time. I'm going to be blessed coming in and going out. I'm going to be blessed because I've got a relationship with God. I'm praying over my family. Would you stand with me this morning? I need you now. I need you now. We need you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, that scripture where it talks about the armor of God, putting on your armor. It says, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, keeping the petitions before the Lord keeping the petitions before the Lord praying with all prayer when somebody tells you there's only a certain way to do it you tell them to jump in the lake praying with all prayer what's all prayer read from the scripture pray that pray it in the text pray it in the letter pray it out loud pray it silently pray it in your mind wherever you are pray 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 heard the story of a man who said he got up in the morning he said good morning Lord and he talked to him throughout all the day he never stopped he just kept talking he would talk in conversations with God all day long and then at nighttime he would get down and lay his head on his pillow you know his nighttime prayers you know we're supposed to get serious then right he puts his head down on his pillow and he just says oh in Jesus name amen because he'd literally been in the presence of God praying all day long. Pray without ceasing. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them saying that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Challenging us as a church this morning. The enemy wants to distract you. He wants you to have too many unpaid bills. He wants you to have too many things on the daily schedule. He wants to get you so busy you can't see straight. He wants to distract you away from the only thing that will give you anointing and strength and power when you need it. When you need it. And that's pray. He wants to distract you from it. He'll put billboards left and right. Well, I got to take care of this. A husband will say, well, I got to take care of my family, so I've got to go to work. I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy to pray. I got too much going on. I can't take time right now. You can't afford not to. You should not. You should never get out and go anywhere in the middle of a day without having prayed over yourself and your family. We've got to start understanding what the scripture says when it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then the all these other things will be added to you the reason you're struggling the reason it's hard the reason you can't get where you need to be and you're always a day short and a dollar whatever that is thank you the 
reason you can't get there. You're always scratching, always struggling, always pulling, always trying to get to the end, to get to where you can. You say, it'll happen tomorrow. I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow night. I'll do it next week. I'll get it done. And in the process, the enemy just keeps dangling all these distractions in front of you, keeping you weak and powerless until finally he's got you. Pray. 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 We'll see it change our church. We'll see it change your family. We'll see it heal bodies. Promotion on the job. Peace in the home. Drugs gone from the family. Alcohol broken in the family. We'll see it. All right, Pastor, what do we got to do? Pray. Look at somebody and say, pray. Pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Hallelujah. Christians, pray with me right now. If you're, if you're here today, you did not know the Lord Jesus in your life, you, you could you can't pray because you literally have got a few prayers you need to get out of the way first. You actually need to take care of business with God. You need Him as your Savior. You need Him as your Lord. You need to start trusting Him so that you can give Him all your cares and problems and He can begin to help you work out every situation in your life. You need Him today. You've done this far. You've went this far without Him. And what has it got you? You need him today. He wants to come into your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to be your Lord. You're here today. You heard us sing about the blood. You heard us sing about the sacrifice. You've heard us talk about prayer. Jesus is your Savior. You've heard all this. Now it's time for a decision. It's time to make up your mind. Quit vacillating back and forth. Make up your mind. If he's God, serve him. If he's not God, then walk away. But be that man or that woman that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, can you say that? You've got children depending on you. You've got family depending on you. You've done this on your own long enough. It's time to give it to Jesus right now. We're going to pray a prayer in just a few moments. If you're in this house, you say, I've been going to church forever, but you, if you still need Jesus, it's all right for you to lift your hand and say you're going to pray this prayer. This is, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to count you. I'm not worried about a, a report. I just want to know who are we taking before the throne this morning? Who needs Jesus in their life? We're going to pray a prayer. You're going to stand right where you are. Some folks are going to be ready to help you after service if you so choose. But right now, your, your seat, where you're standing, that's an altar. And Jesus is already here. The Holy Spirit's doing his work. You wouldn't even want to pray if the Holy Ghost wasn't touching you right now. So all I'm asking you to do is respond to him right here, right now. If you need Christ, if you need Jesus, lift your hand up right now, right where you are. God bless you, sister. Anyone else? I need Jesus tonight, today, Pastor. I need him. Anyone else? Another hand. Anybody else? Praise God for this one. I need him this morning. Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray the prayer that accepts Christ into my life. You've done it by yourself for too long. 
Or perhaps you're here and you're like, I need to get things right with God. Man, I have messed up. I've lived my own way. I've not followed God's way. I need to make it right with him this morning. Are you here? Let me see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Any others? I need to get things right, Pastor. I need today to make it right. God bless you. Any others? All right, we're going to pray. Christians, you're going to pray with me. Everybody look at me. I made a decision several weeks ago to make sure you understand what's going on here. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in all of your life. There is not another decision you'll ever make, whether it's college, a house, a car, a job, who you're going to marry. None of those things are more important than this one right here. It's going to require everything. It's going to change your life. It's going to turn everything around. It's going, he's going to put within you a brand new heart. Heaven is going to know who you are. You're going to be written in the registers of glory. You'll be in that book of life. Their name will be wrote there here in just a few moments. But it's going to require that you give your life to Christ. It can't be a little prayer like you do when you're just out praying over your food. Those are great for children. But this is a grown-up time. It's time for you to make a decision that touches your whole life and changes it. He will require everything from you. But how many in here, we're all looking, how many in here would testify and say, it was the grandest and greatest decision I ever made in all of my life? Hallelujah. Praise God. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I've had troubles. I've had trials. I've had to leave the cemetery. I've had to walk through difficult days. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like having his hand to hold everywhere I go and know that he's with me every day. He's always with me. And he's changed my life. He's going to change yours. These hands that went up right here, right now. And maybe you didn't lift your hand. It's not too late. You can pray right here, right now. I just want to know who I'm praying for. But if you didn't lift your hand, if God's knocking on your heart's door, pray it. Heaven will know you're there. Let's pray right now. Church, will you help me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You, you took all my sins. I'm asking you today to be my Lord. I believe it in my heart. I confess it now with my mouth. You are the Son of God. Be my Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. There's going to be some folks standing at the back door. They've got a yellow lanyard on. You'll know who they are. They've got a, a Bible for you. They've got some information for you. They... They just want to speak to you just a few moments just, just to help you. You don't have to talk to them, but we would encourage you to. They want to help you get established. Their crosswalk ministry, their whole purpose is that you will get grounded in the Word of God and that you will grow as a Christian and know how to pray and how to read your Word. And, and they'll be there to counsel with you and talk with you. So they're there at the doors and they would love to speak to you for just a few moments. In the meantime, church, we're challenged this morning to prayer. Will you please pray with me? I'm going to commit myself to more prayer than I ever had this morning. I, I testify. I get up early to make sure I, 
I don't want you to see Ray Phillips up here because that'd be a mess. I get up early and this morning the alarm went off and I was like, nine more minutes. I started to hit it and it was like, don't you dare, Pastor. Don't you get up this morning and preach on prayer and you hit the snooze button. And so I got up. And you know what I found out? As soon as I got, and I get on my knees, I got on my knees. I felt the rush of the Spirit of God. And he said, now you're going to preach like a man on fire. And I know that God is the one that helps us, empowers us. God wants to change your situation. He wants to change your situation. It could be life and death. Pray, pray, pray. You're not too young. Some of you think, oh, you know, that's them old people in that service, that preacher, that old guy. You're not too young. Jesus was teaching in the temple at 12. Young people, no more excuses. Learn to pray. It'll change everything. It'll unify you. It'll cause you to be a powerful force for God. Your youth pastor won't have to labor and work so hard if you'll just pray. You hear me say amen? Amen. Well, you're a quiet bunch. Pray. Church, pray. Pray for me. Pray for our other pastors. Pray for our church. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Turn to somebody right now and commit to pray for them. Say, I'm going to pray for you. Tonight begins. Somebody said, are you canceling service? No. We're taking service to camp meeting. We'll be at the Potter's House in Columbus. I hope many of you will come tonight. Kevin Wallace will be speaking. He's a powerful preacher from Tennessee, from big metropolis of Udalwa. That's exactly what I thought. But it's a powerful church. He'll be speaking tonight, tomorrow night, Tommy Madden former youth pastor right here at our church. He was one of my youth pastors when I was young. He is going to be speaking tomorrow night. And then on Tuesday night, the general overseer of the Church of God will be speaking. It will be a powerful night. And Wednesday night, our administrative bishop, Bishop Bill Isaacs, will be speaking there. His last final sermon before he leaves our state. And we're sad about that. But he has been called out to go other places. So we'll be getting a new overseer at the General Assembly. Camp meeting is, is strictly 241 churches of God in Ohio coming together for one week of good old-fashioned church. So I hope we'll see you up there at 7 o'clock every night. Tonight it'll be 5.30, and we'll all be there together. I'll look for you. You look for me. God bless you. You are a great